Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another dish Yelta Confusion Thursday night hangout. Greetings and salutations, good sir, of the Alta Confusions. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Thursday night hangout. So that makes me your co host, Char- Charlie, and that over there is the prolific cover himself, Zelius. And as weird as it is, this is the. Um... Here, hold on. There, okay, guys? Jeez almighty, people are getting, making fun of my damn shirt. Uh, this, of course, this I'm is. Hard for reading. This is, of course, this is a Thursday night hangout. This is. This is the second year straight where we are where we're not supposed to be. Does that sound right? We're supposed to be at a place still in the Atlanta area, but not in the actual basements or living rooms of our respective houses. Exactly. We should be somewhere where we have lots of like-minded individuals talking and asking us questions about video games and all that other stuff. I have been, I have been uh, told that uh, my first panel uh, for Momocon, or the first email for my first panel, I guess, yeah, 2012. Yep. So thank you, Ren Blades, for making it feel really old. But yeah. Well, man, you're not getting any younger. Uh, no, I, I made I made the comment like, holy crap, look how much hair I had back then. It's only nine years, and my my hairlines basically come from here to back here. Sounds like you need to go back in time and borrow some from your younger self. It's called stress. Anyways, so, um, you know. Wow, it really is getting worse weekly. Yeah. Anyways, Mm. so uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is the Thursday Night Hangout. This is a show for you uh, where we try our best to cover the topics that you want us to talk about. Of course, if you have not had a chance to um, add your topic to the conversation, all you got to do is drop it in one of the chat uh, windows, it goes into our chat box. And then of course we can talk about it there. Now, um, this week's question, this week's subject, I should say, uh, actually came about because I started playing mass effect, uh, trilogy, the legendary edition. Oh, you've already drinking the Kool-Aid. Yes. And, uh, this question actually comes from one of our longtime fans, Jay Stevs. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and the question is, so, you know, you've, you've got these, like, you know, the legendary editions, the remasters, all that stuff. Um, yes. When you're doing, when you're, if you're going to buy back in to a series that's, you know, however old uh, Mass Effect is, I can't remember off the top of my head because I'm still baffled by the fact that it's been nine years since my first Momocon panel. But anyways, um, are you expect, what exactly are you expecting in since the beginning of uh, Mass Effect and now? I'm expecting two things. One is better graphics, obviously. I think that's probably a given that most people have accepted. Mm -hmm. And I think the second is improved probably abilities in gunplay. And I don't mean revamping it and being like, you know what, we're no longer going to have a Vanguard. We're just leading that class altogether because it's overpowered. 2007. What's that? 2007 was when it's first released. Mm-hmm. So what I mean by that is maybe if there do need to be a little bit of bounce of powers without actually eliminating powers, I don't see an issue with that. Um, I think what also would not be the worst thing is if they had to... So you had between different mass effects, you had slightly different takes on the gun ammo situation in terms of did it overheat, did you have bullets? So there's a little bit of differentiation in the games and how they handle that part of it. 
and I could see some logic to making a more cohesive gun ammo management system because chances are if you're playing the legendary edition you might play one two or three and it could be a little bit disjointed if you go from like one type of ammo management to the next one next game whereas in the mass effect one two and three in the original iterations usually people are going years in between playing it so it's like i don't remember what the previous one was like when it comes to ammo um so i think those would probably be kind of be the two things for me which that one I don't really care about, honestly. Like, if they didn't do anything at all to the gameplay, eh, okay. For me, it's really the biggest thing I'm looking for, like, would be graphics. Like, if they don't improve the graphics, that would kind of defeat the whole purpose of playing it again, honestly, at this point. Right. Um, seeing as I've already jumped into this pool, I could tell you uh, a little bit about uh, Mass Effect. First of all, the Mako driving is amazing. I know that that was like Zelius's staple thing, the must-do thing in Mass Effect. Wait, but if it's actually good, I don't want to play it. No, no, no. That the Mako is is as awesome as you remember. I'm sure. Um, the, I've I have uh, accidentally had the camera pointing in the wrong direction, and it just start driving in a weird thing until I could kind of like reorient myself. So it's actually still terrible. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, so, um, no, but okay. So for me, the right out, right out of the box. Okay. Or right off the bat, the, the thing that, that, that I have to say that Mass Effect immediately, uh, uh, <laughs> kind of trips and falls on, on its face is that, um, so I bought it through steam. Yep. You have to have, um, you have to have Epic Origin installed on your computer in order to play Mass Effect. So for Steam. Yes. So okay. you you load it through Steam and then Origin. You have to have an Origin account. So it goes through Steam and it locks on and then it logs you into Origin and it bring, it brings you to a um, like a one menu screen where it's like Mass Effect two and three, yep. and then you can select it whatever. But of course, you know I I. I'm a little bit OCD, just a little bit. Um, and in that selection screen, you can use the controller on a PC. Uh, I've got it on the sure. PC. Um, uh, so you can use the controller. So I select Mass Effect 1. Mass Effect 1 for the PC does not use a controller. It does not even recognize a controller. What? Yeah. What? So you can't use the controller with Mass Effect 1 on the PC? Correct. <laughs> Believe me. I was like, uh, but I, but I was like, okay, well, I guess it's, uh, I, I guess it's, uh, keyboard and mouse for me. I'm like, this is going to be weird. That's dumb. I mean, makes no sense. So you can obviously use the controller on the um, consoles. Yeah, absolutely. You would think that it would be uh, okay. That's Hold kind on. of insane, actually. I, I'm 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 gonna I'm trying to stop my programmer brain from going nuts, but it's the same freaking thing. If it, if it played on the 360 with a controller, it will work on a Microsoft PC because it's probably going to use the same drivers. Anyways, so yes, you cannot use a controller. That's actually mind-blowing. Like yes. In a bad way. 
Yes. Uh, so, uh, so I've been playing the first one, um, trying to remember how to do everything. And I feel like, I don't know, as a result of not knowing, not being able to use the controller, I'm having to like learn all of the hotkeys that I'm sure are standard in many, many a uh, third person shooter. But, you know, I don't usually do uh, mouse and keyboard. Um, so it's been, I've had to, uh, <laughs> I've had to look at the instructions, Zelius. I know as, as a gamer, that's, oh, here. it's, it's terrible, but yeah. Well, it only took me like six or seven times of hitting, okay, escape to get to the menu and then cl uh, click on map to bring up the map before I was like, you know what? I bet you M is the map key. And ta-da! So I'm looking on like websites and they say they support controllers. Does, do you have to have the correct controller? I tried. It does not recognize the controller at all. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, so I've been playing a lot of that. Um, it's there's a lot of stuff that's happened. Um, it, I mean, it's been a long time since I've watched or played this game, so I'm I'm scratching my head a lot. I'm like, really? Is that how that went? Is this really? Up. Oh, what does it say? Zealous. I mean, it says that that was one of their favorite things about Legendary Edition is it supports the clear design for controllers yeah uh ba -ba -ba, ba -ba -ba. i i will go i'll, I'll pop back in there after the show but I, I swear to god that it's not i mean my controller is right here so it is powered on so if i try website for mm -hmm. ea.com says pc updates Enjoy a modernized PC experience across all three games with native controller support. Then apparently this, which is the generic, you know, uh, 360 uh, third-party controller, uh, I, is not. I wonder working. if that's why. I wonder if it doesn't like the fact it's third-party. I don't know. All I know is that I've. Which is still dumb. Yeah, absolutely. I'll figure it out then. Anyways, so. Uh, uh, I'm still like, okay, so 2007, and now we're in 2021. Are and, we? Yeah, and the the number of random-ass, like, load screens. Mm. Like, they don't last very long, but it's still like, they pop up for like three seconds and go away, but it's still like, uh, like, I'm pretty sure that everyone's computer could take you know uh have enough processor power to do that shit in the background and you wouldn't have to see the the loading yeah. screen um the other that's thing that's kind of a big deal especially like in the world of like mmos yeah like if they're released with load screens people are like what the hell man no but the crazy thing is okay so uh uh as as i've said multiple times uh you know zealous's favorite part of mass effect is the mako and um for those of you who don't know, Mako is basically, it's this big ass, like all terrain vehicle tank that you can put on certain um, planets and you go explore. There are certain planets, they're not big, but there are certain planets that a load screen will flicker while you're driving because it's loading in the next part of the map, which to me makes no sense because clearly 
we're at the point where you could probably have four of those on the screen at one time and not have to load. So they didn't, they didn't, uh, they definitely did not streamline the, the loading. Which is ironic because I don't remember playing on the Xbox. I think I played all the Mass Effects on the 360 actually. Same here. And I don't remember any loading screens once I got to the planet itself. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't really recall. I know that, you know, usually, um, I got, you know, you get a loading screen when you're changing, uh, changing, uh, star systems. Sure. Yeah. And, um, then you'd have the awkward sort of load screen where you're riding an elevator in the Citadel. Oh, the, that long one where you like, they tried to cover up the really long. No, but, but here's the funny thing. You could skip that. Oh, it gives you an option to skip it, yet you can't skip any of the other load screens, which <laughs> I would think, like, the Citadel, okay, here, here's a great example. You put so Cita much work into that one load The screen. Citadel is at least twice the size of this one planet that was driving around, sure. and you don't have, there's no extra load time required to walk around the whole Citadel. But in the planet, you have load times. Yeah. It's just bad programming. It's like, well, the, the, the bitmap and, and the, the textures, then... No. Really, Rose? Hold on. She's opening up random stuff on my computer. Fantastic. Okay. So, anyways, um, so I'll, I'll be. Uh, so, how does the game play itself? Not bad. So, in this legendary version of the game, they did release a legendary uh, leveling up system. Ooh. So, the original game, you, you went from level 1 to 60. The legendary version goes 1 to 30. It basically just doubles up on everything. Okay, interesting. And it's okay. I mean, I you know, um, I don't know. I feel like the combat's changed a little bit, but it's been so long since I played the first that I'm not sure. But yeah. it really, it, it's, I, you know, it's, it's real-time uh, third-person shooter. Yep. Which I felt like there was... I like, feel like there was like a little bit of pausing like when you went yeah. into your skill wheel. I feel yeah. like, there, like it gave you a second to think about it. I mean, technically, yeah, you could you could pop up this menu that basically says, you know, it shows you what you, you know, should this person change their, uh, their gun or do you want them to use a special ability? But I felt like there was something more to it. But anyways, mm -hmm. uh, be playing that. But the, the question that was asked was, okay, so you have this of course, the re-release or remastering or legendary, whatever. Um, and Zelius, you said you just want you want uh, was it streamlined play and and uh, better graphics, right? Yep. So um, there are many many examples of like re-releases. Of course, you have the the infamous Chrono Trigger uh, approach, and that is we just throw that shit on everything. We don't actually do anything about it. Every uh, platform ever, you get it, you get it, and you get it. There are, there are also... Your mini uh, is going to get it. Jesus. You walk around to get a beer, and you have to beat the next level to get another beer. My toaster plays. No, but okay, so you've got that. Then, of course, you got Final Fantasy VII, which took forever for a re-release, but now they're doing episodic content, and they're fleshing out the story. See, that's like more than a re-release. Like That's like a remaster almost. Okay. Like you got like different levels. Like a remaster Agreed. to me is basically like we're just improving what is already there without substantially changing anything. Whereas it seems like with Final Fantasy VII, they're actually like there's some 
substantively changing things in the game more so than just the graphics overall. Agreed. And, and um, it's like, I don't know, they, they not only did a graphics overhaul, but I mean, they've really streamlined some stuff and then also they've filled the, the gaps or they've been attempting to fill the gaps with the story. Now, of course, the downside is um, it's not all one game. You're going to, it's episodic. So you're going to, you know, you're not going to be able to fly through the game, even though I'm sure it's going to take hundreds of hours. Um, but, you know, you got that. Uh, then you also have, um, there's also instances of, like basically a, a rebundle of the trilogy with all DLC. Well, that was what just came out. Um, it's one of the um, D and D like Dark Alliance or one of those. Neverwinter. Yeah, it was like one of the Neverwinter. It was a great PS2 game. Like that just came out mm -hmm. a week or two ago in the consoles, and it's it's not even a remaster. It's like the original PS2 version. Mm -hmm. um, which, okay, sure. Um, I mean, they didn't call it a remaster. Um, so you have that approach, which is literally like, boop, here you are with the original graphics and everything. Nothing has changed. Okay, so that's, see, I understand the, the desire to port something, you know, from, from one platform to another within, like, a generation or maybe sure. the generation and the, the following generation of wherever that game is released. But when you're... When you are basically just porting it to a system that is now, I don't know, five generations removed, I think it's got to have some, you know, it's got to be more than just the game. Well, I think it also depends on the type of game. So, like, I recently, for old kicks and giggles, I started playing a little bit of Majesty. Mm -hmm. I feel like that works because it's a strategy game. I mean, mm -hmm. nice graphics are wrong, don't get me wrong. But at the same time, it's also good if the gameplay is still good enough that it stands up because mm -hmm. um, that was not a game predicated on the graphics. So versus an RPG, no matter how good the gameplay, I think in that way we become so spoiled with games with, you know, phenomenal graphics for RPG. I think that becomes a little bit more jarring when you play a game that was, you know, has that kind of 3d type of graphics and you try playing it nowadays. It's like, Whoa, wait a second. Right, and, and I, I think that's, uh, fortunately or unfortunately, I think that's why Chrono Trigger could get away with it because they do 2D sprites. It's yeah. not a 3D re rendering and, you know, they've they've improved the, the number of polygons or shading techniques or something like that. But that being said, once again, I, you know, when, when you're bringing out some, you know, a new something, actually, you know, improve upon it. There, there was a... Um, there was a couple of game bundles uh, that you could get through Steam. Oh shit, it was a while ago, but uh, from like some like old school uh, Sierra Entertainment like uh, um, point-click adventure games. And if you tried to run them on your computer, they would go batshit nuts because they they didn't have there was nothing in place to kind of you know. Mm -hmm fake your system into playing it like an old computer and the graphics were fucked up and all that stuff. So like if you're going to re-release something, especially on a newer system of the same platform, making sure it actually works, please. Well, that's like what they're doing with um, Diablo 2 is that's a true remaster, but it's 
like the opposite end of Final Fantasy VII, mm-hmm. where their goal is to not literally change anything in the game. They're making like some quality of life improvements, but even like the underlying movement architecture of how your character moves is not changing. Um, and how the spells are cast and like the way they move in hit frames and all that stuff. They're keeping all the underlying like math and all that stuff the same. Um, it's really literally just a graphical improvement of the game. Um, which I think is cool. It's it. I mean, it, it is cool, but you know, you would hope that, I mean, the, 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 you know, the deep desire of any, you know, gamer looking for nostalgia is one being able to play the game again. It's a huge yep. bonus point there, but also they want it in their mind it looks more it looks similar to nowadays games than what it actually looks like so you you know when you played you know mass effect uh, in 2007 you thought oh man it looks great so in your mind you're like oh it's a great looking game even even you know uh, four, uh 13 yeah you know, 14 years yeah 14 years later you think oh man it's a good looking game if you were to go back you'd be like oh man that's not all that good looking um <laughs> uh, but you know, so so you're hoping that you're going to get, you know, uh, the ability to kind of, I don't know, falsify your memories when they give you a graphical overhaul. Um, you know what game I really wish you'd remake? What's that? Is um, Dungeon Siege. The first one, That's not the second one. one my, what's that? The first one, not the second one. Yeah, well, second one's okay. The third one became trash. It was like, yeah, first one. Hey, that sounds bad. like Lord of the Realms. Second one was okay, still playable. And third one was, yeah, cool. Uh, okay, so I have a side rant. Yeah. I actually watched the Dungeon Siege movie finally. Uh-huh. In the name of the king? Yes. It's, I mean, it's not high cinema, but it's also not the actual worst thing I've ever seen in my life. I mean, everybody's always made it out to be like, this is the absolute worst movie ever. It's absolutely terrible. I thought it was entertaining. I mean, I'm not saying it was something I would recommend necessarily, but I enjoyed it. It was two hours of, you know, mindless movie. Um, <laughs> yeah. Ramblade says that was the only movie I've ever walked out of. Okay. To be fair, if I paid whatever inflation is for a movie theater ticket, okay, that would be different. I will grant you that. But for a stupid Amazon Prime movie that, you know, I'm just having a beer to, eh, whatever. I, it was fine. I uh, think I've only walked out of a movie twice in all my years. And one, one time was not up to me. It was the, the people I was with, mm. um, they got too scared. So the parents <laughs> took us away from the movie theater. And the second one was, uh, just absolutely batshit nuts movie that didn't make any sense. And er, me and my friends were just like, F this, we're, we're out of here. And it had, um, what's that Bill Murray in it? Uh, well, the funny thing is, is you look at the name of the king. It has like Jason Statham, John Reese davies Ron Perlman, uh, Matthew Lillard. I it has people who like know how to act. Yes, that's what's really fun to me. It's not like a bunch of like B name scrubs. It's people who actually do stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's what's even more entertaining to me. Uh, the the movie I walked out of was the life the life aquatic with Steve Zizou. Which was just, I I don't I don't know, 
there are certain movies out there that people are like, oh my God, so amazing, it's mind-blowing to change your life. And the only way it changes my life is, I'll never watch that again, thank you. Uh, that's one of them, and the other one, and I, I get lots of hate for this one from certain circles, I do not and will not ever, ever like what's considered by many the greatest movie of all time, Citizen Kane. Dear Jesus, that's a boring-ass movie. Never Spoiler alert, it's a fucking sled. Never seen it, don't really have much of a desire. To. Don't, don't. Unless you're a film student, you don't ever have to see that movie. And even if you are a film student, it's there, there's better examples of the freaking uh, mirror hallway that is supposed to be legendary because he's walking down a mirrored hallway, but you don't see the camera and the reflection. Clearly, you're not impressed by highbrow cinematography. It, uh, whatever. Anyways, so um, the there was an announcement recently that uh, Dead Space trilogy is coming out as well, which of course you know Mass Effect, uh, you know uh, aliens in space and uh, Dead Space, alien horror in space. Well, I say that uh, the first two were the third one was not. Uh, I don't. Look, if if you have a a franchise uh, or a set of games that is a specific type of genre, if you're going to make a sequel to that because it was successful the first time around, why would you change the genres or remove part of the genre? It'd be like Mass Effect. Uh, the first two were science fiction, military science fiction, space opera, third-person role-playing shooter. The, th the third one is a match-three card game. That's a brilliant idea. You're hired, sir! Or, or let's get a little bit more uh, realistic here. Uh, Mass Effect 3, uh, let's see here. Uh, they keep the science fiction. They remove the military from it. Uh, it's now a first-person shooter instead of a third-person shooter, and your choices no longer matter. I was going to say it became a real-time strategy game, basically StarCraft. That, that's it? You think about it, I it's think like it's Halo War. It's the fight against the um, Reapers, right? So it actually works. It's, it's Also, instead of fighting the Zerg or the Protoss, you know the one, you can just kind of you know change the assets. And actually, it's not. It's just StarCraft Two Part Four. With a new mod. Yeah, basically. But anyways, so the, the reason why I say this is that uh, Dead Space 1 and 2 is um, sci-fi, uh, horror, um, third-person shooter, because I think it's right over the shoulder. Um, and it was, like, freaky. It was kind of... It was one of those games that potentially... Because, of course, when, when these type of games come out, I like to play with all the lights out just so I could scare the shit out of myself. Um, like that. Whatever that was, Delius. Um, it's just the cat. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, but so the first two, that's, you know, lots of dark spaces, lots of crawling things off the, the screen, and then pop, boom, amazing. Third one. They're like, yeah, so it's a... Uh, it's a sci it's a it's a science fiction game, third person. Uh and it's got scary monsters. But we're gonna leave all the lights on. All of them. 
And just for shits and giggles, even in very well-lit rooms, we're going to light candles. So do you think they're going to change Dead Space 3 at all substantially or just leave it as it is? My guess is they're probably just going to leave it as it is. They'll probably give it a little bit of a graphical overhaul and then keep it the way that it is. I, I you know, in my own selfish, uh, you know, wish and desire, they turn the fucking lights off of the third game so that I could actually have the experience that I had for the first two. I'm still waiting for a remake of Jade Empire. Yep. Well, yeah, Jade Empire and KOTOR. Yeah. Basically, right back to uh, back well, to back. Actually, Kotor two officially. Huh? Officially finished Kotor two. Oh, there you go. Well, because they've already gone. I mean, because they've already released uh, Kotors on the. You can play it on your iPhone now. Mm-hmm. So that's probably they probably figured they're fine on that area. Yep. But yeah, I. I think. Okay, so so riddle me this, ladies and gentlemen, and Zelis as well. If you're doing like uh, a re-release, a remaster, a re-whatever, uh, an uber awesome edition, does your idea uh, or or your, I guess, your opinion, what uh, what your expectations, does it change to what all is if? Blah, blah, blah. Do you expect more shit to change if it's just a single game, or more shit to change if it's like a like a series of games that basically build up of on top of each other? So, like, if I were to do uh, Mass I, Effect, a, Mass Effect, deep, deep question, man. If you if like Mass Effect three, might or would you just be set? I mean, it's just a graphical overhaul, okay. But if you, let's say that it was uh, just Mass, uh, I'll just. I know that this was a, t- I guess it was a terrible game. I never played it, but Mass Effect Andromeda, uh, they overhaul like a bunch of the mechanics, maybe flesh out the story. Mass Effect Andromeda was not a bad game. I don't know. I've never played it. it like it really wasn't that bad. It just was a little bit rushed compared to the other lines, but it was a fine space opera game that they just didn't finish. Because that's what happens at Bioware slash EA nowadays. Single oh, player, so it's not a real so, game, man. Right. So, but but the question is, I guess, are you are you more willing to just have like, if it's a re-release, if it's like a, a combination of a, a couple games, are you just okay with like a graphic overhaul, uh, or are you looking for huge differences, or? Is just simply bringing out a single very popular game with just a graphical overhaul okay? Or are you expecting, I guess, more love and attention since it's a single game instead of a trilogy? I haven't really thought about this, man. These are two deep questions. All right. I think it just depends on the game. I mean, like playing, um, oh, what's that stupid game that I was playing on the Switch the other day? Um, it's that uh, Age of Reckoning. Am I thinking the right name of the game? Is that a oh oh uh, Amalur? Uh, yeah, Kings of Amalur. Yeah, yeah. talking about like yep. it was basically just re-release, which I'm fine with because also I never played the original, so I don't even know what the red's supposed to. I don't know. So for me, it's fine. I think it's all about what is the a big part to me is the messaging of the developer. Mm-hmm. 
So when they release the game, is it basically like a bait and switch almost? Where this is what we're releasing is either a graphical, you know, overhaul, or b it's you know it's like a Final Fantasy VII where they're changing a lot of the content. It's are they also upfront about that? Versus, do you get this you know remastered game? And it's like, oh, we changed all the stuff, but we're hoping you won't actually notice. All right, uh, so so as long as they're upfront and you you can basically temper your, your expectations. Yeah, uh, so in Final Fantasy VII, when they changed some of the stuff in the game, mm -hmm. like Square Enix gave reasons and rationale for doing it. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, that makes sense. But you, then you got Blizzard with um, Diablo II, and they gave very specific reasons for why they didn't change anything in the game. Because they got rid of Blizzard. Well... <laughs> I think it's terrible reasoning, but that's okay. Uh, but at least they were upfront about it. Um, versus, and I think that is a little bit different than when you just release your game, like the Chrono Trigger, on every single platform known to man, just because you can. Yeah. I, and I, I, I agree with you. I think that as long as I have an understanding of of exactly what is going to be in this in this. Uh, uh, this re-release or remastering or whatever, I think that that's okay. But the problem is that it's too often they don't really spell it out for you. And so your your brain goes into overdrive of, you know what, I bet you they're going to do this because that was you know lacking in the game. Or they're going to do a graphical overhaul or, or maybe you know uh, beautify some of the places or switch out some of the mechanics. Because in your brain, you're going, you know, that's, that was the one thing that I didn't like about the game. And if they're just like, oh yeah, we're going to re-release it for the new consoles. But we're not going to tell you what we're doing. I think that's where I get, you know, a little bit, I guess, pissy. I also haven't really played any remasters. Or let me rephrase this, remasters of games I've played before. So like, I don't have Mass Effect, so I've never played that remaster. Like other games that are remasters, kind of like a Legends of Mana for the Switch, I never played the original version. Mm -hmm. uh, so for me, sometimes it's basically like a whole new experience, but I never played the OG version anyways. So to me, I really also have nothing to compare it to. It's like with you, you're almost like comparing it the book versus novel. I mean, yeah. the, wow, yeah. the book versus the movie. Right. Where it's like, wow, they changed this. Whereas to me, I only knew the movie existed or I only knew the book existed. Mm -hmm. So I don't really have a frame of reference to compare that to necessarily. Uh, yeah, I can see that. I can definitely see that. Um, uh, the exception will be probably the switch I will get Diablo 2. Because mm -hmm. that it seems like the perfect go around and mash skeletons on the switch mobile. It seems like an ideal gaming situation. Um, so that's what probably an exceptional make because that is definitely a very deep and loving part of our youth. But of course, but of course, no, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I could see that. Um, I think that even if it's, I think I've run across a couple of games that were like re-releases onto a different uh, platform that I think you know I've had friends really talk up, you know, about how awesome it was. And then when I actually get to play it for my first time, I sort of have an expectation built up and it doesn't meet that expectation. But I think for the most part, I think you're right. I think it, it really is um, where you 
where you came into it. Did you play the original or did you read the original or did you watch the original? Because that would definitely... the bigger problem too is crappy ports. Like yep. how many terrible ports do you have from the, uh, particularly usually from the console to the PC is usually where they're terrible. Um, I mean, they'll make it for the console first with a graphical user interface intended for a console. Mm -hmm. um, and then also, you know, usually developing to one or two hardware specifications. Yep. Um, so in theory, less buggy. I know it's not always true. Um, in theory of less bugs versus then you go to the PC and it's, you know, the Wild West. And so that seems like, if anything, that's where you have your issues is we have this great console version and uh, you can purchase it on PC, but don't ask us to fix any bugs. Well, I think... I think it goes in the other way as well. You've got, you know, there was a time where a lot of the, the very popular PC games were being ported over to console. And a lot of these PC games were the type where you needed to have, you know, uh, hotkeys and uh, and the use of your mouse, you know, to, to do like, uh, off the top of my head, I'm, I'm thinking of like a real-time strategy where, you know, you oh, yeah. on, the, on the PC... You know, you you drag, you you click and drag to select all your units, which of course you can't do on a on a console because you don't have that ability. And so, you know, they're like, "Oh, you can play this on the console," and then you start you start uh, attempting. And you're like, "Yeah, can I really play that though? I don't know." Yeah, I remember try. I tried playing on the PS5 was Path of Exile. Mm -hmm. I did not enjoy that experience at all because it's very. You have so many different like materials and gems. You're always getting loot, and you always you have to play a lot of inventory Jenga to try to or inventory Tetris really. Um, so you're not going to tell so you can you know TP every ten items instead of five items. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and trying to do that on the console was infuriating. I'm like, this is obnoxious. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's um, anytime that you have to constantly do the thing is. It, it's one thing to just have like a limited space uh, inventory. Like you're only allowed to have 20 items in your book bag. Yeah. But it's a whole different thing to say you're only allowed to have 20 squares in your book yep. bag where some weapons are two and and helmets are four and shields could be four or eight. Um, and then that, and of that course- actually really annoys me when games do that. Like I get it. It's the immersion part. We all realize a shield is larger than a wand. We know but, that in our heads, but it just really annoys me because from a fundamental game power perspective, there's like no difference between a two-handed sword and a wand because for different classes and different needs. So just the fact that they still do that is like, it. it's more infuriating than the fact that it's a little bit immersion breaking. I get that. But from an actual game quality of life perspective, it pisses me off. Look, if you're going to go that way, just do wait, okay? Just I'm fine with that, too. Uh, but if you're going to do the... the well, the uh, same thing with weight, though, where a hammer weighs 20 pounds and a wand's one pound. Like, yeah. That's why some games I go magic user, because just because of that fact alone. Well, usually when you have a magic user, their capacity is lower, unless, you know, you got... There's there's ways to iron it out, but but the thing that pisses me off the most uh, with the, you know, the, the inventory Tetris, Jenga, whatever you want to call it, is... There are certain items, like like a shield that might be on a two by three grid, right? But you can't rotate that fucker. 
Yes, this is true, too. I, I just, if I could rotate it, I'd be fine. Okay, I'd be in a much better place. But because That's it has true. to be up, down, <laughs> I would kill someone. I have a backpack and I had to fit all this in there. I could rotate it if I had to, man. Exactly. Like for rotating. I mean, so. I know that I'm not a super duper packer, but I know that if this doesn't fit this way, if I turn it a little bit to the side, it might fit. That is kind of ironic if you think about it. So, okay, so you're not breaking immersion to not make shields smaller. Okay. But if you want to go that step, then by your premise, you're absolutely right. We're make it more realistic because in life, the shield's bigger, but you can also rotate a shield when you pack it. So at least go all in mm -hmm. on that fact. Yeah, exactly. I, I think that's fair. I think it's fair as well. Um, but yeah, I... I don't know how the hell we get on inventory. Because oh, oh, on PC and, and, and yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Ha I'm gonna have to check out Mass Effect. I'm. I'm very curious to see if it's my controller or the fact that my controller is connected into a USB uh, hub. Although all my other games seem to work Ooh. fine. So that's, a, that's an interesting theory. Yeah. Try plugging it first directly and just see if that makes the difference. As a Interesting premise. Well, at this point, I think I think I'm just going to stick with the mouse and keyboard because I put in a couple hours and I'm I'm getting really good at sniping people with the mouse and keyboard. Mm. And I don't yeah, want to have to dick around with the sensitivities. Borderlands three the other day, and mm -hmm. I tried sniping, and it just I couldn't snipe with the controller. I'm like I'm done. This isn't for your Just give me a assault rifle, and I'll just shoot people in the face. Okay, guys, all you got to do is just stay still for three more seconds. Just like a little bit to the left. A little bit. Nope, nope. Too much, too much. A little bit to the right. Uh, oh, you move, damn it. What enemies have to move? It's so overpowered. That's why, literally, my strategy in a lot of the games, because it takes me forever to, to line up shots, especially with controller, is I try to find the, uh, the area of influence box, which basically... Once you're within a certain radius, the the the, the characters will react, right? Mm -hmm. So I try to find what the the mm -hmm. the maximum distance is and just stand right outside it, and then spray bullets and hope that they die. Nice. Sometimes some games are smart enough that once he gets hit once, they're like, "Oh my god!" and start moving around. There's other games though that will the the characters will stay there because they haven't been triggered. Yep, which are my mm -hmm. favorites. See, super stealthy. Yeah. Or if you're lucky enough and you have, uh, let's say, the Mako uh, on one of the, the uh, areas that has, like, a bunch of people running around, what you're really supposed to be doing is, like, ducking behind, uh, you know, containers and stuff to attack these people. But if you find a way to get that Mako on top of the, the mountain and point it down, you just blow everything up with, you know, a single shot. I do enjoy in Borderlands 3 is like trying to trigger, it was much easier, I think, in the first Borderlands, mm -hmm. but trying to trigger the enemy to come attack you while you're in your Jeep. <laughs> Actually, my favorite thing in Borderlands 3 was there was an enemy in there that I can't remember the, 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 the enemy type, but basically it has like a little pail on its head. And if you shot it in the head, it would turn into like this roid out monster and start beating the crap out of anything and everything near it. Nice. And so literally, I'm like, once again, I'm standing like as far away as possible. I snipe that damn head and it goes at like ape shit, just starts killing all the guys. Like, okay, I'll just go chill right here. 
just gonna wait for you to uh, clean up the mess you made. Good job. And then hopefully you'll you're you'll have taken quite a few licks. So when it's my turn, I can uh, knock you out rather quickly. Already close to that. That's a very yeah. good strategy. I approve, sir. Yeah. But yeah. Um. I guess we should do some quick uh, thank yous. Uh, friends of the show. Ladies and gentlemen, let's take a quick second to do some friends of the show because they are awesome and it's because of these friends that we get to do the Ultra Confusion Thursday Night Hangout and many, 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 many other things such as go to conventions like MobileCon. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's start off with the first one which actually always has a um, an area at MomoCon, and that, of course, is the Indie Cluster. The Indie Cluster is an organization of independent game developers that want to gain exposure by being involved in the community. They collectively journey to popular conferences as a traveling booth to help gain attention for their games. They make partnerships in local communities to bring games to the mainstream mindset. They highlight local, unusual, and rare concepts to challenge the paradigm of the common. They also host events to teach kids and minority groups about game development to hopefully one day enter the industry themselves. If you want more information, that's IndieCluster.com. Yeah. Now, of course, uh, another uh, <laughs> another uh, friend of the show, of course, we met through Momocon yet again, uh, is the one and only Hero Chiropractic. Hero Chiropractic is a unique healthcare practice set up by Ryan Moore. The company's focus to elevate a patient's experience of freedom, creative expression, and joy. They believe that everyone can be a hero and has incredible heroic potential inside themselves waiting to be unleashed. Hero Chiropractic focuses on mobile chiropractic care in the greater Atlanta area. They are committed to healing clients by creating a plan of action uniquely suited for each person. They make their that plan of action as convenient and affordable as possible, and most importantly, suited to your individual needs. For more information, go to HeroChiropractic.com. Indeed. He has been my chiropractor since the first time that we met him at Momocon, so that's been a couple years now, uh, and I can't complain. He... Uh, helped adjust me just the other day, and man, did I need it. <laughs> man, did I need it. You're free of joint pain now. Happy. Well, apparently my my like all the joints and stuff in my right leg were just jacked. Mm, that's so, not surprising. Yeah, yeah. All right. So since we did those, let's do uh, some Alter Confusion shoutouts real quick. And the first one is, ladies and gentlemen, I know this comes as a surprise to everyone. But Alter Confusion is proud to say that we have been fundraising for Extra Life for 10 years straight. Extra Life is gamers doing what we do best, game, to help sick and injured children in our chosen Chose Miracle Network Hospital. The money that we raise through Extra Life will go to go directly to our hospital, which of course is Children's Healthcare Atlanta, as unrestricted funds. This means that the hospital decides where and how to spend the money to ensure the dollars we raise make the biggest impact in the lives of the kids they treat. So if you have the capacity to donate, please go to extra-life.org and search for Alter Confusion. And of course, if you want in on this action, you want to game and, and raise money, uh, all you got to do is go to extra dash life.org and you can sign up today and right now you are at a hundred seventy five dollars out of two hundred fifty dollars of the milestones to raise yeah buddy still making it 
Uh, and then, of course, ladies and gentlemen, I do have to point out that Alter Confusion has a Patreon. And that is so that we can survive on love and support of fans like you. Uh, basically, what Patreon uh, does is it's a monthly membership that allows you, the fans, supporters, lovers, haters, everybody, uh, to become active participants in the work uh, that we try to accomplish. Uh, we have two tiers currently. One's a $1 a month tier, which of course would be $12 a year. And the other one is $5 a month, which would be $60 a year. The $1 amount allows you access to all the Patreon patron-only post and early access to all the playthroughs. If you do the $5, which of course is the $60 a year, not only do you get early access to the playthroughs and uh, access to all the patron posts, but you also get your organization or name in the thank you section for every single Thursday night hangout. So if you're interested in joining uh, all the patrons that have come before you, all you need to do is go to Patreon, that's Patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Altered Confusion. Or if you're on chat, you can always just click the link. That too. Um, trying to think if there was any, anything else I needed to, to shout out about. Oh, um, shit. I'm completely blank. I, I wanted to say something that uh, went up on Discord, but I can't remember what the damn thing was. Uh, I, hmm? Give me a second. Uh, Uno Mementos. I will find it. I just realized I don't even have Discord on this computer. Oh, Celius. Ah. Well, I got a new disk drive, so. Okay. So, there was an announcement that J.J. Abrams is going to make a movie off of Valve's game Portal. Hmm. Game my... I didn't know that I wanted, apparently. And in my brain, I immediately think that this is this concept is about as likely to happen as the asteroid movie that was supposed to come out about um, that old school asteroid game where you're just a ship and you're trying to blow up all the asteroids coming in. But didn't and that actually happen? They 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 actually started writing a script about two brothers who are asteroid farmers who got lost and were trying to battle their way back home, but but they had to destroy all the the um the loose asteroids but of course that went in the toilet so my question is what the hell are you going to do for portal hey we got a movie out of battleship okay many people say that's not a movie or many people say that is a movie but it should have been named battleship because i don't remember ever having to deal with alien creatures attacking my boats in the sea Apparently, you did not use your imagination when I call it E14. Oh, Christ. No, I just thought it was straight up war, dude. Just. Oh. That's the problem, man. In Battleship, there weren't enough, like, level up mechanics or add ons you could purchase to further enhance your Battleship's radar technique. Okay. To give a more immersive gameplay feel. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, I just want to take this moment. Hollywood, are you listening? Stop fucking putting names of games on your movies if you're not going to stay true to the freaking franchise. You can't just... Uh, let's see here. What's the most popular thing right now? Uh, let's do Halo. Let's do uh, Halo. Okay, so uh, once upon a time, there was uh, this guy, Master Chief, uh, but we don't like all that armor because we wanted to see his face. So he's actually wearing a jumpsuit that's green. Uh, but not the green that 
the actual Master Chief wears is more like a like a neon green, and uh, instead of like his uh, his you know assault rifle, he's got a uh, boomerang, and uh, instead of being able to lift tons of stuff, he's actually really fragile. But we're gonna call it Halo. Oh, and there's gonna be lots of U.S. military that gets warped into some strange reality where no one knows what the U.S. or guns are. And we'll put some token robot in there so we can pull in the Transformer crowd, too. Apparently, at one time, there was a Settlers of Catan movie actually in the works at yep. Sony. Yep. I was kidding. It's real. Yeah. I know. I know. I don't know why, but I know. <laughs> That's like, literally, they're like, oh, this looks like a... There's some. There's people in a room that are literally looking at trends. And they're going, okay, there's... It's it's a hot button name or, or, or you know, in certain circles, it's, you know, it's going to draw attention. So what we're going to do is we're going to take the name. We're not really going to pay attention to what the fuck it is. We're going to slap it on to something and we're going to make millions because people are like, I know that name. Why do I know that game? I should probably check it out. And then every, I mean, look, we, we, we talked about this at, at the beginning um, in the name of the king, which of course is a dungeon siege movie. The one thing that you could say about you, Bull, is that he's actually going to keep it within the realm of what the fucking source material is. There was a farmer. There was a farmer. There was a farmer. We'll stop there. But there was a farmer. Like Blood Rain. The the weird-ass scenes in Blood Rain make no sense whatsoever. The, The montage... And, you know, Meatloaf as a vampire was interesting. Well, it didn't help that Blood Rain was not a good actress. We'll just leave it at that. Ooh, didn't find words. Some people would say that she's a very nice actress. Well, I mean, there's nice aspects to her actressing. Aha, ha, ha. But there are certain parts that were less than optimal. Now, I will grant you that a script certainly does not help the situation. Well, no, you have to have a script in order for it to help the situation. This is true. That is a fully factual fact. Come on. Blood Rain had uh, Christina Loken. It had Michelle Rodriguez. It had Michael Madsen. It had um, Ben Kingsley, Udor Kier, Meatloaf. funny is like he actually gets people who like can act but yeah. then you get the script once again you have to actually have a script i know i know um but yeah I... so i guess the question is would you rather have a movie that stays close to the source material but kind of falls short or do you want a movie that has the name of something popular and it's completely off base Choose your poison. That there's, it's going to be better than I it's going to be. Just... It's going to be an awesome movie, but it will have nothing to do with the uh, franchise that it's supposed to be representing. Then screw, it. make a good movie, <laughs> or give Netflix the anime rights and do both at the same time. Keep close to the source material, and it's actually good. What? Actually, <laughs> good. Helping out your fans? Never. This, 
That, I'm sorry. That is not the Activision nor EA way of thinking, sir. We just want dollar signs, okay? You want the new, the latest, greatest, whatever game, we're going to give it to you. As long as you don't recognize that we basically changed three itty-bitty little things and it's the exact same fucking game and those three things don't actually affect the game at all, give us another 60 bucks. Oh, and we're going to nickel and dime you for those uh, cosmetic DLC packs because you have to have the pink camo uh, gun skins to really stand out. So w- when you're teabagging the enemy, they could see it in all its glory. And it's a tie into the movie. Of course. You can actually only get the, get the skin if you've seen the movie. Yes, you have to look for a uh, QR code that's hidden in the fifth scene at the 45-minute mark. It's tied to your tickets. Oh, now that's just me. I know. It's a one-use code that you can find on the back of your movie ticket. See? Now you're talking about language. No. Oh. No, 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 no. All right. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think we've basically reached the end. Uh, as much as I would love to, to chill and hang out because this would be, uh, you know, MomoCon time. And that's usually what we would do is after we have our panel, we just kind of chill and hang out with all you cool cats. Um, but unfortunately, uh, we've reached the end of the show. Uh, there will not be a show next week um, unless Zelius wants to do it. But something tells me that Zelius will need a break as much as I will be on break. So, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to thank everyone for tuning in to the Ultra Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. For myself, Charlie, and Zelius, it's been a pleasure getting ready to come our heads, our mouths, and of course, our hearts. We'll be back in two weeks for another Ultra Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. Remember, kids, keep on gaming in the free world. Amen to that, brother. The Indie Cluster is an organization...